You're listening to the Highland Ministry Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Highland Baptist Church, please visit our website at hbcmolino.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Josh Helton. That last song was a new one, uh, but as Al and I talked about the, the service today, he had asked about doing that as a special, and so I, I went through and I was listening to it and spent the last couple of weeks listening uh, to that song, and I trust in God, my Savior. I hope and I pray that each and every day that is the, the theme, the motto of our lives as believers, that we can trust in God because He's our Savior. Oftentimes you, you hear me talk about uh, uh, the fact that I've mentioned a few times that, that sometimes we'll trust Him with our eternity, but we won't trust Him with Monday. we got to get to a place where we can trust in God for all things. Uh, and and that, that's my prayer for each of you today. Uh, my prayer for my family is, as we walk through every day, that we would trust in Him. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. We're continuing our uh, sermon series as we're walking through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and today is, is no different from that. Um, uh, the title of today's message is, With All Your Heart. Uh, with All Your Heart and... Um, I'll be honest, as I read through this passage, I knew it was coming up eventually, and uh, I'd read through this passage, and, and I've always kind of struggled with this, this idea of the treasures, and it, it feels like a passage that is very much against money. It's very much against wealth. Um, but as I was digging into it, and hopefully you'll understand uh, that that's not the, the meaning behind this, uh, there is a, a misguidance there. So if you just kind of scratch the surface, you're going to look and go, God doesn't want us to have anything. Uh, but that's definitely not the case uh, as we dig into uh, this passage today. But um, Jesus doesn't say that wealth is bad. It's, uh, but when we worship that, that's when that becomes the issue. Uh, so that's kind of why we've entitled the, the message this morning, With All Your Heart. Because when our heart gets tied to those things and distract us from Him... Uh, that's when we struggle. That's when we uh, start to get misguided and we lose our focus. And so um, the question that we've got to ask ourselves today is, is our heart in it? Is our heart in it? And, and so I hope, I hope that um, as we walk through this passage, you'll see kind of Jesus' heart behind what it is. Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to start in, in verse 19. And it says this, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. And verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, and I told y'all, like, looking at this passage, I look and I, oftentimes I've gotten caught up with that word treasure uh, there. But, but what Jesus is saying here is what you treasure will lead your heart. What you treasure, what, what your, your focus is, is going to guide your heart in the motives of the things that you do. Uh, we, we talked uh, just, uh, I, I believe it was uh, a couple weeks ago about hypocrisy and, and, and the, the reason that we do the things we do. 
What's our why? What's our reason for doing things? And, and Jesus is continuing that same thought here as he moves from fasting into these treasures. And he said, what we got to do is we got to make sure that we're not building treasures here on this earth and not eternal treasures. Now, if you're anything like me, you're, uh, when I hear the word treasure, I mean, I'm, all, I'm automatically, uh, I'm picturing pirates and ships and I've got gold and we've all these fine things that, that they've had that they've captured from people and, and we're going hunting for more buried treasure. That's, that's just the simplicity of my mind. But obviously that is not what we're talking about here. That's not what Jesus is referencing here. But what he is talking about is the things, the things that we treasure are going to be the things that dictate where we go. Um, and, and the beauty of all of this is... God has blessed us all with different things. Some of you have the ability to make money, and God wants you to use that for His glory. Some of you have the ability to build things, and God wants you to use that for His glory. Some of you have musical talents. Some of you have speaking talents. Some of you have athletic abilities. Some of you have various things, and, and He has given you those things to use for His glory. And what he says is when we take those treasures that we have and we, we build up, we store up those treasures here on earth, they're not going to last. The things of this earth will fade away one day. The things of this world are all going to fade away. When we stand before God, all we're going to have is our relationship with Jesus and what we did with that. And so what Jesus is, is talking to uh, the, these, this crowd here about when he's teaching, he says, hey, what we've got to do is we've got to be about God's business. And we've got to be about making much of his kingdom and not our own kingdom. The sad part is there, there are folks, there are believers today that, that want to build up their kingdom. They want their kingdom to look like they want it to. They want the, the biggest crowds in church. And I, I hey, Big crowds in church are a great thing when the gospel is preached. They, they, want the, they want the most followers. They want all these things. They want to be able to have these lines in their messages that are quoted. They want to write these books that everybody buys. And, and those things are okay if they're done for him. But what Jesus is saying here is that we've got to be careful to make sure that what we treasure does not lead our heart astray from him. There's a couple other places we find in, in Scripture that, that kind of challenge this mindset. Again, this is everything that Jesus is walking through the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's a mindset. It's an attitude. It's, it's changing the way that we think. It's changing what, what they've always known. Because what you'll find out uh, about um, the Pharisees, they're described as lovers of money in Luke 16, 14. Uh, I, I know I, I gave them that verse, but we're not going to uh, read through it. It's just in the middle of that one, it just says that the Pharisees, they were lovers of money. And so what they, they wanted to do is, is they wanted to have people look at them for, for what they could obtain. They wanted to be noticed by people. And so if we look at the context of these verses, what Jesus is speaking against is the religion of that day... The people of that day were led by people that loved money. And they were teaching them that, hey, you you got to create your own little kingdom here. There was a, a misunderstanding of where their treasure should be. 
And so if we, if we go back to that, it helps us understand this passage a little bit more. That the religious people of that day were saying, hey, you know what? You, you have an obligation to build your own wealth here. They loved money. They loved that their religion could get them money. And so that's what they did. They guilted people into giving more. They, they challenged people into doing uh, these different things. And, but it was for their glory and not for God's. Because they were trying to line their pockets. They were, they were trying to gain a gathering of people. They thought, hey, the more people we can bring in, the more money we can make with all of this. And so we're dealing with people. Jesus was talking to people that were learning under folks that loved money. And that directed a lot of what they did. Their heart was not focused in the right place because their treasure was not eternal. It was worldly. And so Jesus is trying to combat that. And so uh, there's some other verses that, that deal with this same kind of viewpoint. First, First Timothy chapter 6, uh, verses 9 and 10. Maybe a familiar passage for you here. It says, but in verse 9, it says, uh, But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. Listen to verse 10. This is going to be the one that, that you've probably heard. You've probably heard it misquoted. But you've heard it quoted before. It says, For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So Paul here is, is he, even uh, in his letter to Timothy there, he is combating that idea about what money does to people. Now again... I told you, you've probably heard it uh, misquoted. A lot of people say money is the root of all evil. That's not what Paul says. That's not what scripture says. Money is not the problem here. It's our hearts and the desire that we have for that wealth. That's what creates the issue. Because Paul said the love of money is the root of evil. And so when we desire something more than we desire God, it has become a problem in our life. I don't care if it's money. I don't care if it's relationships, I don't care if it's a social status, I don't care if it's your job, I don't care what it is, if you desire that more than you desire God, it has now taken the place that was only created for Him. And it has now become evil in your life. Something that God may have created for good. Something that God may have designed and given to his people for, for good and prosperity and different things. When it takes his place, it is now the issue. So I don't want us to get caught up with the treasure and, and think that this is just money-based because in our world, things have taken God's place. In our own lives, things have taken God's place. And when it takes His place, when we pursue that more than we pursue Him, it leads our heart astray. Because for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we have to be careful. Jesus was telling his followers, he said, you've got to be careful what you treasure more than me. Because when you treasure something more than him, it becomes your God. And you do whatever it takes to pursue that. You do whatever it takes to pursue that thing. You become obsessed with it. And some of you are looking and going, hey, I've been there. I've been through those places. I, I have too. I've been in those places where uh, I, I pursued things that on the surface sound really good, maybe even religious, but guess what? Those became my God instead of Him. 
And I didn't allow him to bless me with those things because I tried to obtain those on my own. And I was like, God, I can use this for your glory. I can do these things. I can have all of this. And if, if I could just get this, if I could obtain this, then I could use it for you. And oftentimes he looks and goes, well, Josh, what are you doing with the things I've already given you? Why can't you use that for me now? And then let me give you more. And then let me bless you in, in other ways. But, but see, what was happening here is that their mindset was totally off of, God, I just want to serve you. Lord, I just want to love you. Lord, I just want to follow you. I want to be obedient to your word. They had caught a glimpse of something that they desired more than God. And Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also so what you treasure will lead your heart. Uh, Warren Wiersbe said this uh, as we talk about storing up treasures in heaven. And I told you, I got, I got caught up in, in, in that wording of, of storing up treasures. I'm like, how, do you, how in the world do we store things in heaven, a place that we don't know where it is. We just know that we're going someday if we have a relationship with the Lord. How are we storing up things on earth and how are we storing up things uh, in heaven? And, and, and my mind goes, again, to the, the simplest of things. And, I, and I'm trying to figure out how, how we do all of all of these different things. And God reminded me. It says it doesn't matter what your, your treasure can be. Your talents, your gifts, your abilities. Whatever it is that God has given you. Those are the things that he wants to use for his glory. And that's how we store up treasures in heaven. Wiersbe says this. What does it mean to lay up treasures in heaven? It means that you uh, to use all that we have for the glory of God. So if you want to do what it is that, that Jesus says here in verse, verse 20, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. It's really a very simple process, and we're just supposed to do what we do for God's glory and His glory alone. That's how we make much of Him. That's how we store up treasures in heaven. That's how we look and go, hey, you know what? This isn't about me because I'm trying to do everything for His glory. And one of the things that I have found out in life is that when we stop trying to do things for ourselves and start doing those things for Him, they usually work out a little bit better. The results usually amaze us. They, they shock us. We, we see that, hey, you know what? I, I never anticipated us raising this amount of money off of this fundraiser. I never anticipated us uh, bringing in this, this uh, whatever it may be. You can, you can quantify it ever how you want to. But God amazes us when we start to do things for Him instead of for ourselves. Sometimes we can draw a crowd. Sometimes we can do things exciting enough that, that we can draw people in. And they may come and watch for a little while. But at some point in time, if it's not for Him, the crowds will fade. They'll go away. They'll stop showing up. They'll stop giving. They'll stop participating in it. You can do things to draw a crowd. But what God wants us to do is He wants us to do things for His glory. Because those are the things that last. They talked about that movement in the book of Acts. Uh, where they were, uh, the, the council is there and all these religious leaders are looking and they're going, hey, it's, uh, you, you've got all this stuff that's going on and, and we're, we're worried about it. We're worried about what's happening. And one of them spoke up and said, if it's for God, you can't stop it. 
If it's for man, it's going to fade away. If they're doing this for themselves, if they're doing it on their own power, guess what? At some point in time, it's going to stop. Because the ones doing it will either be gone or they'll get tired of doing it. But if it's for God, it will continue on. And it'll last. And guess what? The early church is uh, an example of that. 2,000 years ago, people started to gather after Jesus had uh, risen from the grave. People started to gather and they started to, uh, to, uh, to meet together and build community together. And guess what? We're still doing that today. It may look a little bit differently than what they did, meeting from house to house and breaking bread when they did meet. But there's still times that we do that. There's still times that some of these Sunday school classes will do that. They'll, they'll meet in somebody's home and they'll break bread together. They're finding that community where they can grow in their relationship with the Lord. That's what we desire to do because guess what? That's lasted for over 2,000 years. And it's not just because people like to eat. And it's not just because uh, people like community. It's because God's a part of it. And when God's a part of it, guess what? It's going to be good. And it's going to last. It will never fail. But we've got to make sure that our treasure is in the right place. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What you treasure will lead your heart. But he moves on to an illustration. As Jesus often does here in the Sermon on the Mount. He, he gives us something to think on, to chew on. And then he throws an illustration in there. And he does that in verses 22 and 23. And it's, uh, it says, what you treasure will direct your eyes. Look what it says in verse 22. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. Again, this is one of those, I, I, I'm already struggling with this idea of try, a treasure and trying to wrap my mind that, hey, my treasure is just simply the talents that God has given me, the, the blessings that He has laid in my life that I'm supposed to use for His glory. And then Jesus throws in this, uh, this illustration about the eye being the lamp of the body. I'm like, what does our eye have to do anything with our treasure? Well, in, in that day and time, there's, uh, his crowd would have understood this illustration. I, I dug into a couple of commentaries, and, and what I found was that the, the eye often represented the attitude of the mind. The eye often represented the attitude of the mind. And so when Jesus is talking about here, again, he's changing mindsets in people, saying, hey, we don't need to focus on the here and now. We need to focus on the eternal and doing things for, for God's glory and God's glory alone, building his kingdom. And then he's, he, he turns to this illustration, and he's talking about the eye being uh, an attitude of the mind that says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is clear... Your whole body will be full of light. But if it's not clear, it's going to be full of darkness. What we treasure will direct our eyes. The things that we enjoy, the things that we are pursuing are going to be where our focus is. And I think that's what Jesus is trying to get across to his people here is that, that a good eye focuses on things that are good and allows the body to function as God intended. Uh, but a bad eye will result in an internal darkness that distracts the body from its original purpose. So he's saying here, he said, what, 
what we treasure will shift our focus. Not only is it going to distract our heart, not only is it going to, to lead our heart some different way, it's going to push our eyes towards that too. We're going to continue to or start to pursue those things that have taken his place. We lose our focus on what it is that God created us for. We lose our, our focus on what it is that God would have us to do. And I don't know if you've ever struggled with any eyesight things. Some of you are wearing glasses or contacts today because if you took them off, you'd know somebody was up here on stage. But if I was quiet, which I know is difficult for me to do, if I was quiet, you wouldn't know it was me. Some of you understand vision problems. And, and so you understand that, that sometimes focusing is hard. Sometimes you may get a, a, a little bit of vertigo and it feels like everything's just spinning. Some of you, that's your world. And you're like, Josh, I live with that. And it's nauseating. Uh, I've, I've had friends that have gone through it. I've had family members. Uh, I've, there's been times that, that, that I've battled a, a touch of that. And, and it's crippling when our eyes can't focus on the right thing, isn't it? It's hard for us to, to move in the right direction we, when we can't really see where we're going. And what Jesus is telling his listeners here, he says, when you lose your focus because of the things that you desire more than God, when you lose your focus on those, guess what? You're not going to be walking the right way. It may seem like a straight path down this aisleway, but it's going to be very hard for you to walk it because you can't really see straight. It's almost like a double vision. And again, I, I'm, I'm picturing this in my mind because it's not something that, that I deal with personally. But for some of you, this, is, this illustration is very pertinent. You're like, Josh, I get what he is saying. But he's talking about when we lose that focus, we don't go the way. We struggle to go the places that we're supposed to go. It says the eye is the lamp of the body. But more importantly, the eye represents an attitude of our mind. And so when we're focused on things other than God, when we lose that focus on Him and we start to follow those things, guess what? We get off course really easily. We get off course very easily. We get distracted by the things that go on around us. What you treasure will direct your eyes. Maybe you've heard the, uh, the saying, outlook determines outcome. Your outlook, the attitude of your mind is going to determine the outcome of things that you walk through. And, and when, when our outlook is on the wrong things, when we're looking and focusing on the wrong things, guess what? The outcome will not be what God intended for it to be. When we start to shift our focus onto things that we desire instead of what God desires for us, then we start going the wrong direction and the outcome changes. What God intended for good, Satan will use for evil. What God desires to use in your life for His glory, whatever it is He's given you, whatever your treasure may be, no matter what it is, talent, purpose, uh, abilities, gifts, money, wealth, whatever it may be, time, whatever it is you have, when we don't use it for its intended purpose, Satan will use it for his. 
Because he desires nothing more than to distract us from the mission that God has called us to. He desires nothing more than to make us look the other way or to cloud our vision. And the older I get, the more I understand that when the light is not as good, it gets harder to see, right? I've heard for a long time people talk about the fact that, hey, I just I don't drive at night because I don't see as well. The older I get, I understand that. You, you need that light. I know y'all are like, oh, just wait. It's coming. I know it is. It's just going to get worse from here. But the older I get, I understand that the, the more light I have, the easier it is for me to see. Unless that light's coming right at me with somebody else's headlights. Because some of them things are bright these days. And you just can't see anything when they're pointed at you. But we struggle seeing in the dark more so than we do in the light. That's because as, as people, and more importantly as believers, we're not called to operate in the dark. We're called to operate in the light. He wants us to walk in the light because He is the light. And so when we walk with Him, when we don't allow the things of this world to distract us and captivate our hearts, guess what? Our focus stays easier and it's easier to see His plan, His purpose, His will for our lives when we keep our focus on Him. But far too many of us like to turn the lights down just a little bit. We like to dabble with a little bit of that darkness. We like to allow some of that selfishness to creep in. And we like to live there because, hey, guess what? We like some of those things of the world. But then we get frustrated because we're saying, God, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you changing these things? Why aren't you operating in this space that I keep praying about? And I think for some of us, he's looking going, why are you walking in the dark when I've given you the light? You'll see the path. The path is right there. But you've got to let go of the things of the dark. You've got to allow your treasure to, to, to line up with what I want for you. So what you treasure will direct your eyes. And he closes this, this passage of scripture here with this last verse, verse 24. It says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Again, this is not talking about having financial security. This is not talking about you having a bank account that, that's going to take care of you for your days. Don't, don't misunderstand that. What this is talking about when it says you cannot serve God and wealth is you can't worship both of them and go where God wants you to go. You can't allow those both to be gods in your life. And it's not just money. It's anything that you're willing to place above Him. You can't allow that to be a part of that and go where God wants you to go. No one can serve two masters. Because one of two things is going to happen. You're going to hate the one and love the other. Or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. For many of us, we think, hey, you know what? I can do that. For many of us, we look and go, hey, you know what? I can, I can operate in that. I can, I can, I can tow that line. I, I'll be just fine. I can walk in that space and I'll be okay. I can serve both of them. I can, I can dabble in it. But the reality is, at some point in time, it's going to become too much. 
It's going to become too much. And guess what? You're going to get tired of putting that mask on that says, hey, today I'm a Christian. And the other mask that says, hey, today I'm just I'm doing what it is I want to do. And at some point in time, you're going to get tired of wearing both of those. You're going to get tired of walking that line and trying to be who you say you are as a believer, but also do the things that you want to do. At some point in time, you're going to get worn out. And your allegiance will fall to one side or the other. You can only fake it for so long. You can only operate in that for so long before you make a decision of what it is you're going to follow. And, and if I'm honest with you, most of us make the wrong decision. Most of us are not willing to look and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to lay that down and I'm going to follow God. Oftentimes when we get to that point where we got to make a decision, we're already so sucked in we can't get rid of the other. Because we don't know how to live life without it. We don't know how to operate without that treasure that we've put in our life that says, hey, you know what, this is, this is now my new God. And once, once we realize that that has taken over, it's oftentimes it's, it's too late for us to make that decision without God intervening. We have to come to a place that we talked about last week, a place of, place of brokenness. A place where, where we look and go, hey, you know what, I can't make these decisions anymore. Because my heart's already deceived me. Because where my treasure was, that's where my heart went. And now my heart is away from you, God. And I can't operate in, in any of that. And I can't change my heart. And so we look and go, you know what, I'm, this is who i got to be until God intervenes. But Jesus was giving his, his listeners, his readers... A little glimpse into some of the problems of the religious people of that day. And he was telling them, he said, you can't serve two masters. you got to choose who you're going to serve. And guess what? There's a familiar scripture that many of their minds probably went to when Jesus was saying, hey, you can't serve two masters. You're going to have to make a decision on who it is you're going to serve. Because guess what? Back in the Old Testament, Joshua made a decision. He said, hey, y'all can choose who you want to. You can serve the gods of your forefathers. He said, you can worship those idols if you want to. But guess what? For, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And Jesus was telling, reminding his folks here that guess what? If you, if you allow yourself to stay in that place and you allow yourself to get distracted with the treasures of this world and you don't nip that in the butt, then you, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get pulled away and you're going to have to make a decision. But Jesus already told him, he said, you ain't going to be able to serve too. You think you can. You think you can hide it. You think you can get away with it. But Jesus is saying you can't serve them both. You can only serve one. And we serve a jealous God. We have a God who desires to be number one in all of our lives. I've often struggled with that understanding of how he can be a jealous God if he's perfect. Well, his jealousy is perfect where mine is not. My jealousy is envious of what other people have. His jealousy is righteous in the fact that he is the only one that deserves that place in our lives. And he has the right to say, that is my space that you're trying to give to something else. 
But we struggle in that. We struggle in not giving God everything that we have. But what I'm learning, oftentimes the hard way, is that if I don't use what God has given me for His glory, it's just like those earthly treasures and it never lasts. If I don't use my talents for His glory, they'll fade away. If I don't use my time for His glory, sometimes that time slips away from us. If I don't use whatever it is that He's given me for His glory, sometimes He gives that to somebody else and allows them to use it because it was His in the first place. I honestly think that this whole passage here could be summed up with an, another Old Testament passage found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. What Jesus is trying to tell his listeners here in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, when you give God all your heart, you don't have to worry about what treasures you're building because you're going to be building those for His kingdom. You're going to be storing your treasures up in heaven. You're going to be putting the, the things that you are building or you are trying to obtain are going to be for His glory. Why? Because He has all of your heart. But I think if we're honest this morning, if I'm honest with you, there are days that it's hard for us to give Him all our heart. There are days it's hard for us to give Him everything. But then we miss the blessing. Then we miss the opportunity. Then we miss our chance to be used for His glory. This morning, church, what God is asking for is all of us. We can get bogged down with the treasure side of things. We can get bogged down with all the terminology of the stuff that, that Jesus is, is talking about here. We can get caught up in, in all of these different things and we can just kind of scratch this surface. But what we have to understand in everything that is going on in this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is challenging a mindset. He is challenging the people and looking and going, hey, you, you, you're not getting it because you're not seeing the full picture. He said, you can build things on this earth, but those things are not going to last. And guess what? Not only are those things not going to last, but they're going to distract you from me and what it is that I created you for. The truth of it is, God created each and every one of us for a purpose. I can't fulfill your purpose. You can't fulfill my purpose. I can't even tell you what your purpose is. Just as you can't tell me what mine is. There may be bits and pieces that we see. There may be some talents that you recognize in, in someone else. And, and you may be able to share with them, to speak truth with them uh, about that as, as part of their purpose. 
that God created each and every one of us for a purpose. And if you want to fulfill that purpose, it's going to be start with you surrendering to Him. That's what He's asking for. He's asking for surrender. He's asking for us to lean into Him and give Him all of our heart. And when we do that, we don't have to worry about our treasures. Because we're going to allow Him to lead us wherever it is He wants us to go. We're going to do the things that He wants us to do. We're going to be fulfilling that purpose that He's called us to. Because we are leaning into the fact that the Lord of all things has our heart. And where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So if you give your heart to Him, if you, and I'm not just talking about salvation. Because some of y'all just, when you heard that, you're like, oh, I gave my heart to Jesus. I'm good. It's, it's more than just a prayer. When we give Him our heart, when we give Him our all, that's when we truly surrender to Him and what it is He created us for. That's what I desire to see for every face that is here and for those that may be watching online today is I desire for you to fulfill the purpose that God created you for. No matter what that is, I want you to find your purpose that God created you for and use that for His glory and His glory alone. So church, today I ask you, where is your heart is your heart in it? Is your heart in the things that you're doing? Is your heart captivated by your relationship with Jesus? If the answer is no, then you don't need to leave here without dealing with that. Because He deserves all of us. Every bit. Our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength, our everything. That's what God deserves. And He is the only one. And when we give Him that, we begin to see Him do great things. This morning, I don't know what it is you're struggling with. I don't know how God's speaking to you today. I don't know what it is that He is laying on your heart. For some of you today, maybe today is the day of salvation. Maybe it's one of those that when I said something about giving your heart to God, you said, well, that's, that's something I've never done. Well, today you can do that. Here in just a few moments, we're going to have an invitation uh, like we always do. Al's going to lead us in, in a song of invitation and, and the altar will be open. I'll be here. I'm sure Brad will sneak down and, and come and be, be here for us. The deacons are here. If we need people to pray with you, guess what? We'll have people pray with you. But the thing that I don't want you to miss is God is calling you to something today no matter what life has looked like all the years he's calling you to something today and I don't want you to miss your purpose even if it's just for a season I don't want you to miss your purpose and what he is speaking to you today let me pray for us father I come to you this morning Asking you to do what only you can do. Lord, I want you to change hearts. I want you to change lives. Lord, I want you to call your people into obedience. And the type of obedience that is a, a full surrender to you.
Lord, I, I, I want you to, to prick the hearts of the people here, to challenge them in a way that all they can do is surrender to you. Lord, you're looking for that. You're looking for a church that has surrendered to fulfill what it is that you've called us to do. You're looking for a church that's going to follow you no matter what, no matter where you go, that they're going to be focused on you. But Lord, if we're honest, our treasure is not always you. God, if we're honest, our treasure is oftentimes the things that you've blessed us with. And we become greedy. And we want them more and more and more. And unfortunately, that leads us to desiring them more than we desire to you. And so Lord, I'm asking for that to change today in the hearts and lives of everyone that's here. Lord, that you would deal with us in a way that would call us to surrender our all to you. Lord, I thank you for this time, this opportunity to be able to respond to your message. Let us be obedient to what it is you're calling us to today. And we'll give you the glory for it all. In your holy name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Highland Ministry Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you receive your podcast content. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.